Hey everybody, welcome back to the Process Podcast. I'm Nick Veronica. I'm joined by Charlie Bukowski, and we are talking about the Bills Dolphins wildcard matchup. But before we get there, we are sticking with the biggest story in sports, and that is Damar Hamlin's miraculous recovery after suffering cardiac arrest on the field on national television and on Monday Night Football against the Bengals. He has been released from the hospital. He's recovering on his own. Millions have been donated. This story transcends sports and it has transcended the globe. It is an international story featuring your Buffalo Bills. And Charlie and I were so excited to be joined by ESPN reporter Coley Harvey. If you turned on ESPN at any point over the last two weeks, pretty good chance you saw Coley given updates from UC Medical Center in Cincinnati several days in a row from Gates Vascular in Buffalo, talking with family members, talking with agents, talking with reps, getting you the latest information. And not only did he do a great job, one of the reasons I wanted to have him on is because he also showed that he's a good person. He cared. He was conscientious. He had the right tone. Uh, I think Coley told a story that you're going to hear at the end of his segment with us about his interaction with Stefan Diggs the very first night at the hospital, and you're going to see exactly what I'm talking about. So thank you very much, Coley. Loved having you on here. Thank you to our sponsor, Ethos Performance Rehab. And thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, tell a friend. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Follow us on Twitter. Send us a question. We love answering questions from our subscribers. Without further ado, ESPN's Coley Harvey. All right, Charlie, welcome back to the pod. It has been quite a week or two weeks now almost in uh, in Bill's fandom after DeMar Hamlin had the cardiac arrest on the field in the Bengals game, but he is now out of the hospital. And we have a very special guest who had been covering the story for ESPN the entire time who's here to talk with us. So Coley Harvey, thank you so much for joining the process. Yeah, Nick and Charlie, I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. All right, Coley, so I guess let's just start at the start. I know you, you used to cover the Bengals. You don't anymore. Uh, just tell, you know, how, where were you at this game? How did you draw this assignment? I know you, you're not even based in Cincinnati anymore, but just uh, just just take us up to the moment. Yeah, so um, so I guess the, to start at the very beginning, I covered the Bengals for ESPN uh, from 2013 to 2016. Uh, you know, uh, ESPN has the NFL Nation. I was the first NFL Nation reporter covering the Bengals. Currently, Ben Baby does that. He does a phenomenal job uh, for ESPN. And um, with my role right now, since uh, I've been back at, at ESPN the last uh, year and some change, um, I'm what's called a bureau reporter. So I'm, I'm officially a national reporter is my title, but I'm in the New York bureau. Uh, so I live you know, around the city and um, I cover you know, games and events in there and I go other places. And as the NFL schedule was reaching the final season or final week of the season, excuse me, um, you know, they said, hey, we've got this massive matchup in Cincinnati, Bills, Bengals, Monday night football. We need an extra reporter to cover whatever the big storyline off the game is. Um, you know, we tend to do that for, for big games. We, did, we tend to do that in the playoffs, of whatever it is, whether it's basketball or, or football or even college football. And, um, and so that was kind of how I got the assignment. So. I'm going to Cincinnati that week thinking, OK, I'm, I'm going to do whatever that sidebar piece for SportsCenter is on Josh Allen throwing five touchdown passes, you know, a key play from Joe Burrow or, or whatever the case may be. Right. Um, and of course, 30 minutes into the game, you know, no one saw that coming. And, 
Uh, immediately the game plan is, okay, who's going to the hospital? How are we going to cover this from the hospital? And uh, naturally it made sense for me to be there since uh, in addition to Ben Baby, we also had uh, Elena Getzenberg, who of course covers the Bills for ESPN. She was in the building as well. Um, it, but it just made sense that, that as, as the extra reporter that I be there. And so my producer who I was working with, he and I, we actually jumped in an Uber. Um, it's kind of a long story to that. <laughs> I, I, I run a lot typically, uh, you know, most days of the week I try to run a lot. I ran six day, uh, six miles, excuse me, I cannot talk to me. I ran six miles that afternoon just to kind of get my, you know, get, get my workout in, so to speak. Um, so then we're trying to chase down this Uber. We probably ran another, you know, quarter of a mile, uh, uh, three quarters of a mile just to get to this, uh, to this Uber. It was, that was, that was one of the craziest parts of the night, but anyway, getting the Uber, Uber gets us to the hospital, which is about 10 minutes away. And, um, and then the night begins from there and it's, uh, it's made for um, definitely a whirlwind of a week. I'm, as you mentioned, I'm no longer in Cincinnati. I'm not even in Buffalo now. I just got back home a little bit ago, but, um, but man, it's, this is certainly the last two weeks or so that I'm not going to ever forget. Yeah. All right, now, before we get to the hospital, I did want to ask you, and I, I told you this b before, but one of the reasons we wanted to have you on is because not only was your coverage great, but it was also conscientious. And I thought you did a great job. You struck the right tone, you know, a A's across the board uh, from me. But so I guess on that note, let me ask you, when did you know that this was not just, you know, a big sports story, but a national story? And how did you, when did it set in that, like, I really need to strike the right tone here? Uh, honestly, I, I think when it comes to big national story, it, it's still kind of sinking in. Um, you know, I'm starting to get some emails from even people I work for uh, who've kind of touched on some of the impact that that our coverage has had. And I think now it's actually beginning to sink in that, oh, this was a little bit bigger than I, you know, obviously, you know, you go into it and you know that there's millions of people around the country and even people around the world. We were doing reports for Australia, ESPN, Australia, hmm. ESPN, Mexico, um, ESPN, Canada. Even I, I had a couple of radio uh, stations in, in Toronto that called me the next day. Um, and of course, I know because of the proximity of Buffalo, I wasn't surprised by that. But but when you hear those other countries, that's when you say, oh, OK, I guess this is a big deal. But you're just so locked into your job, so locked into to telling the story, to getting the facts that you can get. And to do it in a conscientious way, um, you know, I that's the way I try to do my journalism. You know, I try to to humanize whatever the subject matter is that I that I'm covering. Um, you know, who knows if I do that well, 10 out of 10 times? I don't know. Maybe I don't. But uh, certainly a case like this where it was so serious, we didn't know what exactly was going on. Um, and it was truly a, li a matter of life and death. Um you know, I felt like I had to strike that tone pretty early. Uh, again, it wasn't anything conscious of where I'm saying, oh, there's so many people paying attention. I've got to do it for all these folks. It was I just have to get the news out the best way I know how. And, you know, and that was that was that was the way that I knew how. Yeah, you know, I, I, I second what Nick said. I think you I thought you did a great job. I thought, you know, the reporting through the whole process was just, you know, so, so precise, so concise. So just on tone with everything going on. Um, you know, I know I was glued to Sports Center for a couple of days, right? And, and ESPN and all that stuff. I went on vacation. I was still glued to it on my phone, and 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 just everything that you guys did there, and all the coverage you guys provided, it was just absolutely great. I don't think it could have been 
any better. And I don't think Bill's Mafia or anyone there in Cincinnati could have expected anything better from you guys. So, you know, really appreciate all the work you guys did there. Um, but, you know, in the days after everything happened, you guys were all set up outside uh, waiting for updates from the doctors, securing interviews with family members and the representatives. How did you decide just to kind of stand outside through the whole process? It's not like it's the middle of June. It's not super warm out. You know, I know what that weather's like up there. And and, um, and how much of this job is now just, you know, you just kind of showing up and waiting for answers? Um, well, to be honest, that is a lot of what my job is. Uh, the, the pandemic has changed a lot. Um, so I have to back up. You know, I, I moved into this role that I have actually when I left the Bengals beat. I was on the Bengals beat. Uh, and in June 2016, while living in Cincinnati, um, actually was it's a long story, but I was supposed to play basketball or I did play basketball one day. I got hurt, supposed to drive home from Cincinnati to Atlanta, which is six hours. I was so hurt I couldn't actually make that drive. You know, I could do like two, but I couldn't do six. The reason that's important is because that next day, um, while I was sitting at home, I see the ticker go across Muhammad Ali had passed. And, you know, I wasn't doing a ton of TV because, you know, we just at that, that point, if the Bengals were in the playoffs, which they were every year that I was there, but they always lost in the first round. Um, if the Bengals were in the playoffs, that was about the only time I was really seeing TV time. There wasn't many other opportunities. But I emailed some of our sports center bosses at that time. And I said, hey, look, you know, I'm in Cincinnati. Louisville's an hour and a half away. Ali is from there. I know that story is going to shift there. If I can help in any way, just let me know. Um, and mind you, I'm at home because I got hurt playing basketball. I'm not very good at basketball. I'm fairly athletic, but I cannot play basketball. So, um, so there's the moral to that story for me. Um, but it was that experience that I really leaned on in this case. And, and you know, I was on the ground trying to talk to whoever I could, try, meeting fans of Ali, meeting family members of Ali, meeting his attorney. Um, you know, it, it was just one of those things where you, you just figured out whoever you could talk to to tell the story as richly as you could. And, um, you know, two weeks after I got back home from covering that, that's when I got a tap on the door and they said, hey, we thought you did a nice job. Would you like to be a bureau reporter for ESPN for SportsCenter? And so that's when I moved to New York initially. Um, you know, again, pandemic kind of affected some things. I actually left the company for a couple of years and the pandemic hits. And now, now that we're at this stage of post-pandemic life, I guess you could say, we don't, necess- we don't always go quite to everything like maybe we did back in 2016. Um, again, Ali is a special case. It's totally different. But it just so happened in this case, we were in the right spot already. We didn't need to just, you know, you know send coverage out late. It was we were already there um, because it was on ESPN's air and I happened to be at the game. So we just got really lucky, I think, in the way that that a lot of things kind of fell through here. Um, But in terms of just standing out there, I mean, that that is the job. You know, we we knew how once we knew how big this potentially was and could be, um, it just made sense to stay there. We kind of owned it right away again because the game was on ESPN's air and we got out there to the hospital so quick. So it's just one of those things that once you're there, you're kind of there until the news really begins to change. And thankfully for DeMar, the news was changing quickly. You know, we got the updates on Wednesday that um, he's, you know, his neurological function is intact. He's he's uh, you know, we're, we're beginning to see signs of improvement. And then the next day, the breathing tube comes out day after that. Uh, you know, still neurologically intact. He's breathing on his own. And, and so it's like now, OK, we've got to feed these updates because 
we're seeing some stuff that we were not expecting on Monday night. Um, so that's kind of why you end up staying out there. And, you know, the decision to go to Buffalo for a couple of days, um, that's one that I, I can't fully speak to. But I, I'm glad that my higher ups decided that we needed to be there because we had been on the story for so long. And again, more and more uh, good news was coming for for DeMar once he got to the hospital in Buffalo. So I'm glad that we were there then and and also glad to help share the story from the city uh, when uh, when he officially left the hospital. Cole, if you would uh, just indulge us in more of, of the journalism talk. So, I mean, you're at a hospital. There's not a press box there. There's nowhere really that's designated for you. And you you still were able to to find family members, to find his representatives or call them or in some way connect with them. And even even the next day, it seemed like you were just going and, and just standing there. And it kind of, you know, it just hit me like our my station that I work at. We ended up sending a reporter out there eventually and you know i was just just thinking about you know i remembered back when um remember this was years ago but like when they found aaron hernandez's car in a lake and i think it was the espn like sent an intern or somebody just to stand out there all day long like <laughs> like, like i don't think people realize like how much of the job sometimes is literally just standing there and waiting for something to happen but yeah you were and there's a difference between standing and waiting and like being productive in that time right. like how, how were you able to do that and just what is it like waking up and you're like, well, I guess I'm going to go stand outside a hospital again. Like, like what, what is that like? <laughs> yeah, no, that, that is, that, that's the mantra for sports writers is, uh, you know, it's all about standing around and waiting, you know, if you're, whether you're standing around a clubhouse, you stand around during batting practice, you know, there's a lot of standing and waiting and nothing's happening. Um, in this case, um, you know, I, I have to shout out everybody that we worked with, uh, all the people that we had on, on a production side uh, on the ground. We had uh, a couple of different camera operators, a couple of different audio people that we worked with, um, and they had vans and they had vehicles. I, you know, it's funny, I was in town for like a day, so I said, I don't even need to rent a car. So I was Ubering <laughs> everywhere. Um, and so thankfully they had trucks and vans and that kind of thing. So we were sitting inside a lot, trying to stay warm because it did get cold in Cincinnati. The first couple of days, it was like 60 degrees, even though it rained a lot one of those days still, um, you know, you could you could stay and stand around outside and it was OK. Um, and, yeah, you know, we got lucky in the sense I think all of the outlets got lucky in the sense that one day the um, representative from the family kind of came around. And mainly because I, I think they realized they needed to have somebody start to say something mm -hmm. on their behalf, especially because the bills didn't have, um, you know, they didn't have their PR person in Cincinnati. They did have people who were there, but their PR folks were back in Buffalo because they had a game to prepare for. Um, and so I think once the team and the family kind of talked, it was good that they had him come out and uh, and that that helped matters for everyone. Um, you know, and so then, of course, you get phone numbers from all these folks and you you stay in contact as best as you can. Um, and uh, and then another family member comes out and maybe one or two others. Uh, so that's kind of how it how it happens that way. The other part of it is even though you're standing around a lot, you're walking around, too. I I would always make it a habit of, um, you know, every couple of hours or so, if I hadn't really explored, let me just go explore. Let me see what the, the tribute wall was beginning to look like, what had been added. Um, you know, let's see what's going on in a different part of the hospital. And sometimes when you're doing that, that's when you come across some of these people that you need to talk to. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. Yeah. The, the, the journalism part of it is, is really unique. I, I will say one other thing really quickly. I, I, I have to shout out 
one of my really good friends uh, who does not work with me anymore, but Cameron Wolf, who's at NFL Network. Um, you know, I've known Cam for the last several years, and so we were already tight. But he and I were working on this story together. I mean, literally, he, we were side by side. The crew that we were both working with, they're all one entity. I've worked with them before myself. Um, but it helped that we all had this familiarity with each other. I think that kind of helped keep all of us at ease and and know that all we had to do was go and get the news and report the news. So, uh, so yeah, having Cam literally next to me, we both have been joking about how we've been talking over each other's live shots. Uh, sometimes when you heard mine, you'd hear another voice. So that was Cam. <laughs> that happens. <laughs> that was my voice. <laughs> but uh, but no, that's 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 the other part of this whole story is there was so much teamwork and camaraderie on the ground from the very beginning, even from um, from other journalists and, and media outlets that I think it it uh, it spoke to the humanity of the entire situation. You know, we all we all knew that we were working towards the same goal. And that was to get this guy out of the hospital. Yeah. I mean, it seemed that almost every single update kept being positive all along the way. But uh, in your interactions with his family, just how are they holding up throughout the week? Uh, you know, they had moments where uh, certainly it was challenging. I know when I would talk to, to some of them, it's like, look, yeah, there's progress being made. Things are positive, but just sit tight. You know, we we are not out of the woods right now or, you know, we can't quite see what X, Y, Z is going to look like. And in one case, you know, there was a family member I talked to even yesterday when I talked to him. Um, it was just kind of like uh I needed to wait to see DeMar leave the hospital before I really could feel good. You know, yeah, you start feeling good at some of those moments along the way, but it that's when you can really exhale, really take that sigh of relief. Like, okay, now he's, he's out. Now it's all about just the rehab at home and you know that he's going to be okay. Uh, but still seeing him hooked up to the tubes and the monitors and in the bed, um, that wasn't easy for this family. And especially because, you know, this is a family that, is about sport you know um you know he's a he's a very competitive person himself uh, and i what's crazy is i actually still have never actually met demar um but i feel like i know him just because of everyone around him who i've talked to and so many people around him say how competitive he is and a lot of that comes from his family itself um so uh so they're they weren't expecting to ever see this to see their their loved one um attached to a hospital bed this way and so there were some challenging moments for sure during this week but right now uh you know the word is 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 ecstatic you know there's rejoice that's going on with this family and for very good reason i mean rightfully so i i think you guys have both kind of hit hit the nail on the head here the the emotional wave i feel like emotional roller coaster from monday to even where we are today right like I know I woke up Tuesday, even Monday night going to bed, I was refreshing Twitter every second I got to try to find updates. And, um, you know, it was, it was nerve wracking on us as fans. It was, you know, obviously can only imagine what it was like for the family. Um, but out of everything that you've learned so far about DeMar himself, what, what is, you know, probably the favorite, your, do you have a, a favorite thing that you've learned about him? Hmm. Um, I, I will say learning more about how he gives back and, and not just that he's giving back to give, to give back. You know, a lot of athletes may have their foundation and they do this and they do that. And it kind of came together while they've been quote unquote famous. But I mean, he's um, unless you watch ACC football and paid attention to Pitt, 
most people had no idea who he was mm -hmm. in December of 2020. And he's like, I got to do something for the kids in my community. Um, to know that he had that level of commitment to the people around him then, and he has continued to carry that through. Even the GoFundMe. I mean, the, the, the funny thing about the GoFundMe is, um, you know, he had that that moment where he just wanted to hit a certain number, kind of got to that number, and, and the GoFundMe just laid dormant, you know, until all mm -hmm. of a sudden. And now the beauty of all that is is the good that he's going to be able to do once he's you know, fully back on his feet, fully, fully settled and everything. The good that he's going to be able to do with the money that was raised now that it's poured straight into his foundation, not the, not the GoFundMe. Um, I mean, it, it's it's miraculous. Uh, the, the, the young lives that he's going to change, not just to get them toys, but educationally. Um, you know, I, I think that that's the thing that really sticks out to me about DeMar. And um, and just in talking with some of his family members who have who have spoken with um these past couple of weeks, I've learned that that's kind of their, their whole take on it is look, man, um, we come from a place where it's hard for people to give back. When you get a chance to make it out, show these kids around you that there's not just going to be one DeMar Hamlin, make sure you're bringing 10, 20, 30 along with you. And that's something that he was getting fed to him as a youngster. Um, his younger brother is seeing it firsthand. His younger brother's seven years old. He's seeing it firsthand. And, um, you know, and DeMar is, is continuing with it. So I think that that's my biggest thing that I've learned about him and that I'll always uh, kind of know about. Yeah, you know, you mentioned his brother. And one thing I found interesting through the whole thing was um, that he actually chose to stay at Pitt because of his brother, because he wanted to be there to watch his brother grow up. And I think that just speaks volumes to how to who he is and, and the family man that he is and just really how tight-knit that whole family is. And I'm sure you – experienced a lot of that tight knit tight knitness i guess we're, yeah. we're gonna go with that word through this whole process as well yeah yeah you know and and kind of the the unfortunate thing about uh, about some of this with with this family is his younger brother uh demir um really was not able to see him throughout much of this i thought at one point in time they would still be able to get him to cincinnati from pittsburgh but they never did um he stayed in pittsburgh the entire time with other family members who stayed back. And it was when DeMar got transferred to Buffalo when, uh, when Demir finally got a chance to see his, his older brother. So, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a tight family. I wonder what that, uh, what that experience was like for both of them to see each other uh, for the first time um, after all this, all these days in this scary moment. Um, but, uh, but certainly, uh, yeah, there, there's a cohesion there and there's a cohesion with the broader family too. I, I know that there were a lot of, family members who were in Pittsburgh watching the game, they loaded up in two car loads. Once the game, once they heard the game was canceled for sure, they said, all right, we're getting on the road. Um, Cause they, they weren't getting any real updates themselves. They were right. glued like the rest of us to ESPN trying to figure out what was going on Monday night football. They jumped in the car, headed straight to Cincinnati um, two car loads. And um, you know, and then they kind of took shifts. Some went back and some stayed. And I know that there was a big caravan going to Buffalo yesterday. So it's not just even his core family, but the broader uh, outer family that, that has that bond, too. I love that you brought up uh, the GoFundMe because one of my favorite things was, was to keep checking, you know, what are the donations at? But then I would always look at, at the goal. And it was such a humble goal. He only wanted $2,500. And at one point I had, <laughs> you know, thought I misheard and I wrote 25000 on accident. I had, I'm like... 2,500 was all he wanted. He's got 
7 million last time I checked. It's probably even higher by now, but yeah, it's crazy. It's so real, you know, it speaks to the level of humility too. Um, and, and, and I, I think that's what I was getting at when I say sometimes athletes, pro athletes, they establish their foundations kind of once they're in. Um, he had a goal of just trying to give back generally, you know, 2,500. Oh, they just need $2,500 worth of toys. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to do that for this goal. And that was his only thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's, oh, he's going to be able to uh, get toys for kids in Pittsburgh, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. Yeah. All right, Coley Harvey, before we let you go here and wrap up, we'll ask one more question each. Do you have any questions for us before we let you go here? Oh, man. Um, man, uh, I, I just I guess I want to know what you guys are thinking about this weekend. You know, big, <laughs> big playoff game coming up right here. Uh, what are the Bills looking like right now? Ah, oh, man. Okay, I guess I'll start with that one real quick. Um, I'm probably more nervous than <laughs> – than other Bills fans, you know, I, I feel like every year in the playoffs and and, and Nick knows even with this. no Tua, dude, even with no Tua, man, it's 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 the it, it comes with being a Bills fan, right? You you've been there, right? You've tasted it, and you know things are supposed to happen. A, a Buffalo sports fan in general, right? Like, oh, this is our chance, this is our time. Something comes up, right? Look, the, this season, this football season, and and what has happened with the Buffalo Bills this year is a perfect example, right? snow games blizzard game in detroit everything that happened after that it's just like at some point you you, you look at the 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 football gods you're like come on like something's got to give right it's got to be our turn and you know do i think buffalo wins yes but i do think that i'm going to be at an all-time high on heart rate until they're up by <laughs> at least 21 points he says this every game just see so you know. <laughs> <laughs> only playoffs not regular season i'm a bit more confident regular season playoffs yeah. i, I I've been scarred too much. Yeah, I feel I feel pretty good about the Bills' chances this week. I was uh, I was watching on Wednesday when when Mike McDaniel had his press conference and he announced Tua was not going to play. And um, sometimes I like to just look at the betting line, not not even for for gambling purposes, but just to see like what the what the people feel about the game. And and it it kept shooting up immediately. It was ten and ten and a half, eleven, twelve, thirteen. It, um, if Skylar Thompson has to play, he's a rookie seventh round draft pick. That doesn't really bode well. The last game was, you know, we kept it. We had the score of the Dolphins Jets on, and it was, it, oh, it's six to six for, you know, it's in, in a must win game. And it was just, it's not good. If Teddy Bridgewater plays, I think he, he can make the game more interesting. But I think the Bills will, will persevere no matter what. I'm a little bit more worried about, uh, it looks like, I mean, they're going to have a rematch with the Bengals eventually, it looks like. So that'll be, Interesting in itself and interesting in terms of whether the Bills secondary can can figure it out and, and shut those receivers down. Yeah, I, I will say uh, real quick, Charlie, I, I, I commiserate with Bills fans in a, in a way being from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're forever linked with with the Bills and the Braves, except now the, Bra- the Braves, have, you know, they, they finally cracked through. It, that day is coming. The day is going to come. I just want all Bills fans to know that day is coming as, as somebody who, who speaks from Atlanta uh, sports <laughs> fandom, somebody who was uh, assigned to actually work at Gillette Stadium the oh, night man. of the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I can tell you, I understand that heartache, but the day is going to come. And, and also just as an observer of the team this season and of Buffalo this season, I mean, if there's any city in America right now that any pro sports city in America that deserves uh, something really good to happen to it this year. I would say it's Buffalo. Um, you know, 
between everything that's happened with the snowstorms, uh, the shooting, uh, uh, you know, you talk about things that have happened to the Bills, like DeMar Hamlin's injury, uh, Dawson Knox and his family, mm-hmm. what they had to go through. I mean, there are so many storylines that have just kind of, you know, really chipped away at the identity of what this team and this city could be, but it's still been strong. The city's been strong. The team's been strong. And uh, yeah, if there's a city that really deserves uh, good things to happen to it, um, I, I've been thinking that it's Buffalo and hey, maybe it's this year. I'm just saying, Charlie, it's coming. It's hey, you know, I'll be honest with you. When the Braves won it, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, we living here in Atlanta. It was It was a lot of fun. We went to went to a game and, you know, it was a blast. But, uh, you know, they, they kind of they, they kind of snuck their way through. Right. No one thought they were going to buy the Dodgers. No one thought that they were going to be able to beat Houston and, and, and look where they ended up. So, you know, I, I'm hoping right that maybe maybe they they you know it, it's buffalo's time when it's their time it's, it's their time right so yeah. you know i'm i'll be a nervous wreck even if they make right. it to the super bowl i mean i know the afc championship game is going to be played here in atlanta mm-hmm. so i already got people you know calling me asking me for for room asking me to, <laughs> you know hey do you got an extra air mattress for me can i sleep on the floor and i'm like guys one game at a time That's let's right. just get there you know and, and see what we can do but uh you know you, you were just talking about buffalo I want to know a little bit of time that you've spent there mm-hmm. thoughts overall of the city, because Buffalo sometimes gets a bad rep from, from the national folks. What are your thoughts on the city of Buffalo? Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously it's really cold. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it, it, there's only so much that you can do because of the weather in Buffalo, of course. But, um, but I, I was just saying this to my parents when I was driving to the airport uh, in Buffalo earlier today, um, the people there always are great. You know, I've always had nothing but admiration for people from Buffalo. Uh, some of my best friends here in the city are Bills fans. There, there's actually been a couple of times this year where I've popped in a Bills bar with them. Just, you know, they want to watch a Bills game and I don't have anything to do on a Sunday. All right, I'll go with you. And everyone in there is, is <laughs> great and polite. And, and as I always explain, as crazy as Bills fans are, yes, there's Bill, they're Bills Mafia for a reason. They're passionate about their team. You know, they're not doing anything to, to, to detract against anybody else's team. It's all about their team. And that's what uh, what I always appreciate about that city. So, yeah, you know, I know Buffalo gets a hard rap. Uh, I, I can't necessarily say I'd want to live there right at this stage of my life right now. However, <laughs> I do uh, I do really uh, appreciate the city. And, and every time I'm there, I, I enjoy it. And I, like I said, I, I feel like the people have always treated me well every time I'm there. All right, so last... good neighbors, man. So good neighbors. <laughs> yeah, right. Very true. Very true. All right. Last question for me, Coley. Uh, I love that you brought up the Muhammad Ali story because, you know, I'm, we got Coley Harvey coming on the pod. I'm working on my questions and I, I crossed one off because I didn't want to put you quite on the spot. But this was obviously became a national, maybe even international story, as you mentioned. And you were at the center of it for a major company. And this is, you know, probably something you're going to remember your whole life. And I was just kind of thinking about how it seems like a lot of times, the most random things or even bad things that happen to you years later, they come back around and they set you up for success in the future. And I was like, man, what a weird question. Don't put them on the spot like that. <laughs> and then you went, went and shared that on your own, but just, I don't know, man, any, any thoughts on, on, on just the grind and recognizing the moment when you're in it and just being ready. Yeah, no, I, I actually, um, I was talking the other day with some, uh, students at Northwestern, which is my alma mater. And, uh, and, that was one of the the conversations that we had that sometimes you don't know the moment until you're kind of knee deep in it. And I, I kind of feel like that's what happened 
here with uh, the situation involving DeMar Hamlin, because for so much of that night, you know, as, as scary as it was, we also were like, well, was it kind of a football injury? Is, is he going to come right back out? You know, that there was still some of that uncertainty that night. And so you still feel like, okay, this is, this isn't going to be that, that major. And then, you know, as you learn more into the night and into the next day, that, that certainly changes. Um, the Ali story, obviously, from Jump Street, once you're there, you know, you know it's a massive deal because it's Ali. Um, but when you're in that moment, and that was, that was honestly a break of sorts for me because I had been primarily a, um, a dot-com reporter, a writer, uh, and that's basically what got me into television. Um, I recognize that, hey, this is a big opportunity, but in my head, it was, let me just do my job. And I still had the blinders on two weeks later when I got a phone call like, hey, we want to move you into the TV role. Um, so, so some of it's that, too. You just kind of have to keep, keep your head down, keep focused, keep going that way. But do know that if you have a moment that you come across it in, at some point in your career for people who are you know, in, in, in this line of work or something similar, um, just know that you got to go after it all the way. And you never, yeah, you just never know what can happen on the other side of it. And this was, that was kind of the benefit that happened um, at the end of that. And, uh, and I, I think that it prepared me for this moment in order to, to just know how to report boots on the ground. Um, again, I've had other situations where I've reported on stories that way, even since, uh, since Ali, but I, I really was leaning on that in this, in this situation for sure. All right, that is that's great stuff, Coley Harvey. Oh, one more thing we forgot to ask you: Were you there when Stefan Diggs Ubered to the hospital? Did you see that happen? What was that like? Oh yeah, yeah. I actually, I, I totally forgot that you guys probably would want to ask me about that. That was, that was <laughs> good, man. It's that's been one of the most uh, most asked questions that I've gotten since last Monday. But uh, yeah, you know, we're standing there, and I have to credit my camera operator. He was, you know, he he had everything set up. He had. He had just gotten everything set. You know, he had just gotten there maybe 10 minutes before, and we probably got there 20 minutes before that. Um, and, uh, you know, we were all just kind of talking, and he goes, wait a minute, is that is that Stefan Diggs? You know, of course, we all turned <laughs> around. and Because I saw the car pull up, and I saw a guy get out, but, you know, I, it, it didn't register right away for me until he said that. And so I look mm -hmm. back, and I'm like, that is Stefan Diggs. <laughs> So I stepped out of the way just long enough for them to kind of get a little bit of a shot of him going into the hospital or trying to go into the hospital. And, um, you know, and then after a few seconds, I took off and I, you know, honestly, this is where the humanity kicks in. Yeah, it's journalistic instincts. Hey, there's somebody I need to talk to. Let me go talk to them. But at the same time, you know, you're not trying to shove a microphone in, the, in their face. So I literally just walked up to him, put my hand around him, put my arm around his shoulder. And I said, hey, man, you know, I'm really sorry that you guys had to witness that. Um, again, I don't, I, at that point, I didn't fully know what they saw, but just I knew their reactions and I knew what happened, what generally happened on the field. So I told him I was sorry that they had witnessed that. And, um, you know, and, and I was like, I'm going to help you get into the hospital. And, uh, and in the whole time he's just saying, Hey, that's my teammate. That's my guy. I've got to be in there for him. And um, I, I knew where he had to go to get to the emergency room. And that's when the officer was like, well, you can't really go through here. I said, you don't understand. This guy right here is one of the most popular players in the NFL. I know you can't tell me who's in that hospital, but 
the guy who just got transported here played plays with him. They're teammates. He's got to be in there. Anybody, he's got to be in there. And uh, Stefan, to his credit, was like, I- I'm going in. You know, he, he didn't want to hear. I'm getting in there. It didn't matter. And uh, sure enough, the officer was, to his credit, he was just like, okay, whatever. He radioed, hey, there's a Mr. Diggs coming. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I know that I heard later that there was a little more of a tense moment right when Stefan got in there. But, uh, you know, the family uh, saw him fairly early in that and um you know and they they were able to say hey yeah yeah he's with us he's with us and it was all good um but yeah that was uh that was an interesting moment <laughs> that that was probably the that's probably the one moment of the night where i felt like i had a moment of levity where when i realized oh i could actually smile at this like this just happened you know yeah. um the rest of the night was unfortunately not not very much like yeah. that all right, Coley Harvey, thank you so much for the time. Been following you all the way since you were writing around the Yankees for the, the website. So I uh, really appreciate uh, your insight and your memories and uh, just staying with you, wishing the best for Damar. Yes, we sure we certainly are. And, uh, yeah, uh, if there's anything that I can do for you guys, uh, let me know. Thanks for having me. Hey, we'll do it. Thanks so much, awesome. Coley. Thank you. All right, that was ESPN's Coley Harvey. Loved that. If you want to follow Coley on Twitter, just at his name, C-O-L-E-Y Harvey, at Coley Harvey. Definitely worth your follow. And now Charlie and I are going to talk about the Bills-Dolphins game. So if, if you if you listen to our pod, you know us. Uh, I'm a little bit more confident, and Charlie's a little bit more worried about it. But as far as I'm concerned, the Bills have been favored in every game this season, 17 in a row. With no Tua Tungavailoa, no reason to start getting worried now. Bills are taking it. I don't know if they win the Super Bowl, but I know the season doesn't end here. Everybody, got two words for you. We're back. It's been about what, Nick? Like a month that we've been off? I think we took the holidays off. You went on vacation. I went on vacation. Well, yeah, we, we had some travel. There was this thing called the, the blizzard that got everybody stuck in, in their work, in their house and everything for a while. Kind of ruined Christmas. You know, you may have what, heard of it blizzard? even what down that? in Atlanta where it got cold in Atlanta. Don't give me that. Yeah, I was down in Florida, though. Our Christmas day was 65 and sunny. So, I mean, I don't know what blizzard you were talking about. All right, that's going to do it for the process. <laughs> <laughs> that's our last episode ever with that take. Uh, no, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I, in all honesty, like not to make light of the situation. I know there was a lot of people who had a lot of really bad situations there, and and things like that, and you know, just another bump in the road, and in another, um, you know, I guess take on the belt for Buffalo for another thing they just went through this year, and just can't seem to catch a break. But glad you're you're well. Glad the family's well. You know. Everyone that I know and have talked to has 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 been okay and accounted for, and you know, um, I know that that city is just going to bounce back stronger than like they always do. So, um, although I did see there's some more snow in the in the forecast for Friday. Yeah, just uh, you know, inch or two in the metro. The forecast for the Bills game against the Dolphins on Sunday looks pretty good. Just should be mid 30s and maybe some sunshine even. Well, Nick, that's that's actually why we are here to talk about Sunday one o'clock Bills Dolphins in Buffalo AFC, as I like to call it now in the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. Super um, Wild Card Weekend. When and 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 um, <laughs> but so g- give me your thoughts on that game, Nick. I know we're not really going to go real long because we got a mm-hmm. great surprise as well that we're going to throw on this podcast, you know, or after. I don't know how we're going to do it yet, but. I think people might be uh, I think, I think about what we have. This people are going to be hearing this after we already heard 
Cole, oh, okay. Coley's leading go. off. Uh, this is uh, us, us schmoes. We're, we're after. So there you go. So uh, if they still want to listen to us, we're still here. If you haven't logged off yet, thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Bill, Bill's Dolphins, uh, Tua not playing, um, which which definitely leans it in the Bills' favor. But these teams played two really close games this mm-hmm. year. The Bills lost the first game in Miami in the Sun. So you want to get conspiracy theory? They probably should have won the game. There's no way Tua should have been allowed back in the game. They didn't take him out with the concussion. He played played okay. It doesn't mean it was it was right for him to play, but he performed all right. They won the game. Uh, Bills lose that one close. Second time around, Bills kick a field goal at the end of the game to to win. So two two close games. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, there's, there's no to it. And, and Mike McDaniel announced that on Wednesday and somebody even asked me, said, you know, what does it really, what does it help the Dolphins to announce that for on Wednesday? And uh, I'm like, you know what? Not a bad question. I mean, they, they could do the, the big football coach thing and say, well, we're going to wait and see. We're going to, I mean, you kind of, maybe they just, you know, didn't want to go through, you know, the, the circus of it, and he's obviously not cleared to practice. He's not practicing. He's not practicing. I mean, it's it's a brain injury. You can't really – there's no way to rush that back. You can't tape that up a little bit extra. Um, maybe he's saying, hey, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, don't, don't, don't be banking on Tua. He's not coming. We need you to come back because if they really have to play Skylar Thompson in a playoff game against this Bills defense, they're in trouble. Uh the, the line on the game, as I mentioned earlier, it's now 13 and a half points. Okay. That's huge for a playoff game. This guy was a seventh round pick this year. Really not expecting much. Uh, they could, I could almost, I don't think Mike McDaniel would do this, especially based on, on how the Dolphins uh, team and, and roster set up. I could see them trying to implement last year's Patriots win game strategy of, of running almost every single play and making the Bills stop you and throwing four times. Like, would they really want to do that with, with the receivers they have on their team? Maybe not, but maybe is there ways that they can, you know, some passes are basically runs where the ball just gets thrown to some, you know, are there ways they can they can get Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill the ball in space or hand off or have jet sweeps? Can they, you know, can can they be glorified runs? Can they still use their skill? I don't know. Skylar Thompson is not going to beat the Bills through the air. Um, I, I mean, you're you're basically looking for something outside outside the box. I mean, I don't, I wonder what what the Bills are preparing for in that sense because, I mean. <laughs> It was six to six against the Jets until the very like, it was ugly. Like, no offense to Skylar Thompson, who's made the NFL and has a nice, you know, has a contract that pays a lot of money. Uh, he ain't doing it in the playoffs for me. So, could, let, me I mean, let, me, it, let me ask you this before you go any further, real quick. Talk about the Jets. Is the Jets' defense better than the Bills' defense? No, they're good, but they're not better. I don't think. Do you think the guys outside and Sauce Gardner and whoever they rotate in there as the number two guy are better than the two guys Buffalo has right now outside of cornerback. I mean, I think, I think sauce Gardner is better, but after that, I mean, I mean, the jets have a good defensive unit. I don't think that they're, you know, clearly better than the bills in any way. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, I, sauce Gardner's 
amazingly good for a rookie. The, the Jets' defense played Buffalo tough twice. Yeah. You know, they had a good defense. And I think, you know, second half with Mike White, that was a winnable game. Had Mike White not broken his ribs and just fought back like a, a maniac, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that at the end of the day, I do think that, you know, this Bills defense, yes, while they are very good, we've seen a lot of holes. And I'll be honest, without having Hamlin back there and still not having Hyde back, I'm going to be curious to how Dean Marlowe looks back there. You know, last week wasn't mm-hmm. really a week where you saw a lot of him or heard a lot of his name, which is kind of good. But Kyir Elam got beat deep on a, you know, on a one-on-one play on the outside. And mm-hmm. you know, in my opinion, a pretty crappy throw by Mac Jones that, that he should have had. Um, and then on top of that, you had guys who still kind of missing tackles. And those okay. are the things that concern me with this football team. If you miss tackles on some of these rushes, you miss um, a guy – like uh, Raheem Mostert, who we don't know is playing yet, and I feel like if he plays, that could also change what Miami's plan is because he ran the ball, I believe, for about seven yards a carry last time against Buffalo, something like that, very close to that. Um, ran, runs the ball hard. He has he has speed. He's fast. Um, he worries me more than the receivers do at this point, right, in, in my opinion, because we've because seen Because of Buffalo's, who the quarterback is? Because of who the quarterback is. And we've seen Buffalo's run defense have a lot of issues throughout the year. Mm-hmm. All right, let me stick with defense here. Let me ask you, so, Tredavious White hasn't even been that good since he's come back. And it's, you know, he's coming back from an ACL. I get it. Who, in your opinion, who's the best outside corner on this team right now? I want to say it was Xavier and Howard, but, you know, he's no longer there. I'm sorry, Xavier and Howard. He's the guy on uh... – uh, Miami, uh, Xavier Rhodes, who is no longer, no longer here. He is now with the Cowboys. Uh, I thought he was probably the best one at this point. I think Trey's coming around. I think we may see a different Trey White in the playoffs now. In my opinion, I think that interception that he had um, last week against uh, Mac Jones and the New England Patriots. I think you're going to start seeing a different Trey White. Because um, let's face it, man. If if Buffalo wins this week and they got to go on to play Cincinnati, you need to have All Pro Trey White back there. And Trey White's got to be back to his old Trey White. Um, because who knows? Maybe even have a Micah Hyde back for that game, which could be huge. But yeah. but in my opinion, I mean, there's no one close to yeah. Trey White level, even when Trey White is not mm-hmm. playing at the Trey White level on this on this football team right now. All right. So put I mean, let's put yourself in in the Dolphins' shoes. You're Mike McDaniel. What do you what are you saying? Are you saying like let let's say you have to go with Skylar Thompson? Because if they have T- Teddy Bridgewater is unique enough of an athlete he can at least you know th- there's a Teddy Bridgewater game plan. If you have to go with Skylar Thompson, like what what are you doing here? Are you saying screw it, let's go Wildcat? Are you saying let's run it fifty times? Are you saying let's, like, cast, let's just they, throw if, deep? If, we if, have faster receivers. Like like what what I don't know. If they go Wildcat, Nick, I'll be a thousand percent honest. I'm throwing. I'm I'm leave, I'm turning the TV off because in my honest opinion, they go Wildcat. That game's over. Because so Buffalo just, Buffalo will not be will not be prepared for a wildcat type of offense. Okay, I mean, give me give me if 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 you're Mike look what McDaniel, Miami did the first time they ever ran the wildcat, right? What well, surprised no them surprised them? Yeah, let's. I mean, you caught them off. Okay, so if you if you were going into the game and Skylar Thompson was your quarterback, I mean, is that on the table? No, I don't think so. I don't think Mike McDaniel would do. Maybe maybe you see it sprinkled in, but I don't think full time offense. No. I, I mean, think what's I your think alternative? He, you just just 
put up six more points. I mean, what you trying to get the ball to Tyree kill as much as you can in, in short space and screens on handoffs. I mean, what I think so. I think that the game plan is going to be get the ball to Tyree kill, get the ball to um, Jalen model as much as you can. I think you do see some screens. I think you do see some, you know, uh, you know, toss plays or things like that for, for Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle. Um, you know, but don't forget, man, they got Mike Gusecki on that team. And I am a huge Mike Gusecki fan. <laughs> Great tight end out of Penn State. I've loved him ever since he was at Penn State. But the guy can catch the football, right? Mm-hmm. Mike Gusecki has the hands that sometimes we wish Dawson Knox had. Okay. Right. And Mike Gusecki can also be dangerous. He's very good at getting open on the short stuff. Not, I don't want to say like Cole Beasley, but – Similar in some aspects, much bigger, a lot slower than Cole Beasley, but he's able to get open in that in that short stuff, and he just tucks the shoulder and goes, man. He's a dangerous guy with the ball in his hands. He's beat Buffalo up a few times in years past. He beat Buffalo up the last two times these teams have played, caught caught a few nice catches, nice balls. Um, I'm worried about him just as much as I'm worried about uh, Hill and Waddle and what they could possibly do in this run game. I think Miami's better than what we what people are saying. However, they are beat up on the defensive side of the ball. I'm not going to be a hundred percent. I won't be f- totally surprised if this game going into halftime is a shootout in the first half with Skylar Thompson. With Skylar Thompson. All right, I will tell you, your boy Mike Gusecki was the leading receiver last week against the Jets with 46 yards. Nick, don't forget this is also a Bills defense that lost to. Um, Zach Wilson. Yeah, I mean that's that's a thing that definitely happened. <laughs> I mean, I think the receivers that Miami has is better, and I'm not trying to you know sit here and sound like I'm saying the Bills are going to lose to Miami. I don't think they'll lose. I just think it's going to be a lot closer than what people are trying to sit here and say. You know, I, I, it's so people especially... are already trying to write Buffalo's ticket to Atlanta. For the AFC Championship game, I'm not there yet, man. I'm one week at a time. No, I mean, I'll tell you what. I am feeling very confident about this. Next next week is going to be the Bengals were giving the Bills all they could handle in the you know eight minutes or whatever that we did see of that game. Do you, th- uh, you think Baltimore has any chance? If Lamar does not play, that really swings it toward Cincinnati for me. I do. I do. Lo- I love Baltimore. I loved them all season. I think they have a great roster outside of wide receiver. Not really sure what's happening there, um, but they seem to draft well. They make good personnel moves. They have a good coach. All they have the best kicker in NFL history. Like all those things are in, in the positive column. They have a good tight end, great tight end, in Mark Andrews. Um, I, I mean, this is a team that lost by eleven points last week to Cincinnati, and you know Cincinnati got out to a really, really early lead. Yeah, I mean, if Lamar Jackson plays, I think it's going to be a very, very interesting game. It looks like he's not playing. That, that's what I – it does not seem like he's playing. However, I mean, Anthony Brown did not have a terrible game last week. He had – you know, I mean, he didn't, his numbers weren't great, but he still threw for 286, two interceptions. But they still got Kenny and Drake, man. Kenny and Drake can still run the ball pretty well. Man, they're still putting Sammy Watkins out there. <laughs> Dude, Sam, did you see that fumble he had? Yeah, it was bad. Oh my gosh! And I'm like that. That could have been a totally different game right there. I think they he, cut he in. Been going. They cut in. CBS cut in during the Bills game, and I was like, "Yeah, that's Sammy Watkins." Somebody's watching. Like, no, nah, that's not him. I'm like, yeah, man, that's what Sammy's looking like these days. Yes, I um, I was not surprised to see him fumble that because that's just a typical uh, Sammy Watkins move. 
I mean, yeah. listen, it's it'll, it'll be a great story. Bills Bengals rematch. <laughs> this one's in Buffalo. Man, look, I, I as we said before on the show today, the football gods at some point just got to give Buffalo one, just one. <laughs> you know, we got we got to stand the cup ripped from us, in my opinion, twice. Right, you had the no goal in 99. You had the series against Carolina that Buffalo should have won that series if Jay McKee wasn't up in a hospital bed with staph infection and the whole defense was the Rochester Americans at that point of, 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 of that season. I think they go to Edmonton and just wipe the floor with Edmonton at that point. And four-game series, um, you know, Sabres win the Stanley Cup, finally get their names on it. Obviously, we know about the four Super Bowls. We know about what happened two years ago against Kansas City. Um, you know, AFC Championship game, lots of Kansas City. We know what happened last year against Kansas City, 13 seconds. We know what this whole city and and this team has gone through this year, right? We mentioned it already earlier in the podcast. At some point, something has to give, right? Like something that the, the tide has to shift. The bad luck that the city of Buffalo has experienced with sports, it has to shift at some point, right? Like I'm not going crazy thinking about it. It's got to shift. Is this the year that we finally see it shift? I hope so. Yeah, I mean, we because, talked about it with Coley, man. They've been through so much adversity. Because, look, man, not for nothing, the movie script is written. There's only there, there's one thing that they have to do to complete the movie script, and that's just go win the whole fucking thing. Just win the whole fucking thing. That's all. Do it. Because this team could go winless for the next 30 years. But they win a Super Bowl this year. No one's going to give a give a shit what happens in the next thirty. Years. Charlie, if they win, okay, I love I love where you're going with this. You know as well as I know, if they win the Super Bowl this year and then stink week one next year, you are going to be blowing up my phone. Oh my gosh, the OC sucks. Everything's terrible. Speaking of OC, I am on team uh, Joe Brady next year. OC, if uh, if if we see Dorsey leave for Carolina. Yeah. Um, hey, speaking of Lamar, Lamar just tweeted, actually. I'm going to read it right on the pod like this is NFL Network. Lamar Jackson says, thank you, everyone, for your support and concerns regarding my injuries. I want to give you all an update as I am in the recovery process. I've suffered a PCL grade two sprain on the borderline of a strain three. There is still inflammation surrounding my knee and my knee remains unstable. I'm still in good spirits as I continue with treatments on the road to recovery. I wish I could be out there with my guys more than anything, but I can't give a 100% of myself to my guys and fans. I'm still hopeful we have a chance. Purple heart, purple heart. That man's not playing this week. Even if they win, sounds like he's not playing next week. Uh, I'm getting way ahead of myself, and I apologize if this backfired. Like, Bill's and Tyler Huntley, we trust. Round. And Tyler Huntley, we trust. Yeah. Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll say I, this. I'll say this, yeah. right? If 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 Buffalo gets past Cincinnati, right? I'm as worried as I am about Buffalo going to you know playing Cincinnati. If Buffalo gets past Cincinnati, it's not guaranteed Buffalo's even going to be playing LA. And I'll tell you why. Or I'm sorry, be playing Kansas City. I'll tell you why. And that's because the LA Chargers. The LA Chargers have lost both games this year to Kansas City by three points. It was by dumb mistakes by their head coach. 
Could the third time be the charm? Could the third time be the charm that LA is going to walk into Kansas City and walk out with a chance to play in the AFC Championship, whether it's against Cincinnati or it's against Buffalo? And all this hype about everyone coming to Atlanta for Buffalo, Kansas City, round two this year, rematch of everything that happened the last two years in the playoffs. Could it just be all hype? And it's the LA Chargers coming to Buffalo for a chance at the AFC Championship game. I feel a hell of a lot more confident playing the, the, the Chargers if I have to um, than what I do. Even, even what I do against playing Miami right now. The Miami scares me with that front four. Melvin Ingram has wrecked Buffalo how many times over the last how many years? They still got Bradley Chubb, even though he's a little beat up. They still got um, uh, the, the other kid from Miami there, Jalen Phillips. He's still very good. That front four of Miami scares me. And if the Bills O-line can't protect Josh Allen and Josh Allen's running for his life, you know, they throw a spy on Josh Allen. I don't, I'm not expecting Josh Allen to run for a lot, but I need Josh Allen to be able to dink and dunk that ball, even though he said sometimes you got to let dogs be dogs, and I get that. But sometimes you got to take what the defense gives you and pick up first downs. That's fair. That's fair. I'm uh, I'm I'm currently looking at what a Bills Bengals parlay pays. If that gives you any indication in my confidence level. <sighs> okay, so you're ready. You're, you, you <laughs> Man, feel, you're, I, you're good to go. Wait, wait, no Tua and no Lamar. Yeah, I don't know if I, if I want, want the whole point spread. Like that's getting a little big for me. I mean, I think the Bills should probably use this game as if they're ahead. If things are if if if. Take the starters out. Look, Nick, don't don't do this to me, Nick. Don't do this to me. <laughs> get get up by like thirty five at halftime and take the starters out. Yeah, you know what? Like the this Bill season's been so crazy. I get like if you told me that like the offense, you know, slumped a little bit, maybe had a bad turnover in Miami, you had a special team, like you know, and it was it was you know fourteen thirteen in the third quarter and then the bills had to like pull away late. I would see that if you told me the bills just absolutely went out and dumped, put a 40 burger on them and it was 40 to three, I would believe that too. And like, not question you like I, the range of outcomes is huge with this bills team. Um, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I think they should hopefully be up enough where some of the starters can come out at the end of the game. Rest up. Do it. Do you want to give me a score prediction, Nick? Uh, yeah, listen, I'm feeling very confident. I don't even believe in Skylar Thompson very much. I'm going to give him the bills got to come out on fire. And you know what? Like we didn't make enough of the fact that the Patriots could have clinched the playoff berth with the win. They had everything on the line and the bills just ran away from them in the second half. Yeah. The Patriots probably could have beat Miami with Skylar Thompson. So keeping in mind that I still like think there's there's a chance Teddy Bridgewater plays, so I won't make it totally ridiculous. I mean the Bills thirty six, Dolphins thirteen. Like I'm confident. Okay, I'm taking Bills thirty five, Miami twenty four. <laughs> okay, you're not that different from me. You no, think no. Tyler Thompson scoring twenty four points. I don't think he's scoring. I think the running game is, and I think getting Tyreek Hill involved is going to help okay. him get there. I mean, listen, Teddy Bridgewater, like I think, is better than than I'm, I, I'm, I, th- I'm, I think. I think Scott Thompson better than Teddy Bridgewater. I think what? Yes, I will say that. 
Really? I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is going to win them a football game. I think Skylar Thompson can be no, sneaky. I don't think either game. of them are winning a football game. I mean, look, neither one of them are Brock Purdy. I get it. But you don't have a lot of tape on Skylar Thompson. We got preseason and whatever you want to call last week. Against a good Jets defense. And I know the Bills have a good defense, but they're still banged up. That's my thought. I, I, I think Buffalo wins, but I think it's yeah. going to be a lot closer yeah, than what people you know, want to you say. Know what? I'm, I mean, I'm rolling on, on vibes and confidence here. Bill's uh, we second, know you're all about the good vibes. Bill's secondary is not a good matchup right now. The Dolphins are – if the Dolphins had a better quarterback, you'd probably be worried. I'm definitely worried about Bill's secondary against Cincinnati in two weeks if that does become the case. Uh, but I am taking the Bills. If if you know what, if Teddy plays, I think Teddy scores them more points than Scott Thompson. If Teddy plays, yeah. I can see it being more of a game. But I still think the Bills are pulling away in the second half. Okay, you know I'll 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 give you what you want to get what you want to take there. I think uh, you know I'm hoping I'm not texting you at halftime and saying Nick, what the hell? I mean, I I the football I, team. I, I could this team. I could see anything. They seem to stumble strangely and still, you know against all odds, overcome adversity that they shouldn't have even faced to start with. But Look, just play your game and get the dub. That's all that matters. doesn't matter how you get there, right? It's a, it's a one-week season at this point for the next four weeks. Get the dub, go to next week, get the dub, get the dub, win the whole damn thing. Nick, you want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors? Ethos Performance Rehab. They uh, they just put out some, some T-shirts online this week. If you want a T-shirt, hit them up, tell them the process sent you if you want to feel better play better perform better put up better numbers or just feel better afterward the i'm sorry i almost said the process ethos performance rehab tell them the find them on instagram find them online hit them up schedule with dr matt dr zach tell them the process sent you appreciate everyone tuning in this week um appreciate you nick appreciate Coley Harvey coming on the show. That was very exciting. I really liked, liked to have him on this week. Mm-hmm. Um, appreciate all of Bill's Mafia out there. Appreciate, you know, maybe some of the, you know, the, the doll fans that are listening this week. I don't know how many of them would want to listen to our podcast, but hey, you never know. There might be a couple wanting to see what we have to say. Uh, appreciate everybody tuning in. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Veronica or on Facebook at by Nick Veronica. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Chowit68. And you can follow the Process Podcast on Twitter at the underscore process pod but no matter what you do wherever you listen to your podcast we appreciate you listening and most importantly folks remember to always trust the process pray for tomorrow